Good morning. It is June the 25th, and this is Randy Landry, and this is my 92nd podcast in Common Sense and Ramblings in America. Today I will continue on reading from my third book. Today I will be reading from Chapter 20, The Corruption of Medicine and Medical Research. I believe that there was always corruption in the medical and scientific fields, and however only became truly visible during the COVID-19 pandemic. However, we need to do some work to root out why it came about and when it came about. So we are going to do a little time traveling to discover the reasons for all this avarice and deceit. Transparency International, a watchdog on these matters, defines corruption as the abuse of entrusted power for private gain, which in healthcare encompasses bribery of regulators and medical professionals, manipulation of information on drug trials, diversion of medicines and supplies. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out why corruption arises. All you have to do is go back to an age-old idiom, money is the root of all evil. Where there is great wealth to be had, great corruption is soon to follow. I think I just coined a new phrase. It did not show up on the internet. There is no one dying that there is a lot of money in the modern pharmaceutical industry. Epistemic corruption... The Pharmaceutical Industry and the Body of Medical Science by Sergio Sismondo. When a knowledge system importantly loses integrity, ceasing to provide the kinds of trusted knowledge expected of it, we can label this epistemic corruption. Epistemic corruption often occurs between this because the system has been co-opted for interests at odds with some of the central goals thought to lie behind it. There is now abundant evidence that the involvement of the pharmaceutical companies corrupts medical science. Within the medical community, this is generally assumed to be the result of conflicts of interest. However, some important ways that the industry corrupts are not captured well by standard analysis in terms of conflicts of interest. It is not just that there is a body of medical science perverted by industry largesse. Instead, much of the corruption of medical science via the pharmaceutical industry happens through grafting activities. Pharmaceutical companies do their own research and smoothly integrate it with medical science, taking advantage of the legitimacy of the latter. Introduction Epistemic Corruption Corrupt and its Cognates are old terms are with many metaphorical uses. Bodies, fruits, and meats are corrupted when they begin to rot, decompose, or otherwise spoil. What is thought pure is corrupted when mixed with something foul or lesser, as when air is made foul by pestilence or smoke. Noble lineage is are supposedly lessened by poor marriages or people become less good simply because of the pressures of society. Each of us is born with a share of purity, predestined to be corrupted by our commerce with mankind by that sin against solitude. It is only a small step from the introduction of pollution to the perversion of ends, as when a public official is corrupted by money or power for a purpose to serve some interests rather than others. This is the most familiar kind of corruption today, so common that the metaphor has largely died. 
in which corrupted official officeholders and institutions have been captured by outside interests or perhaps serve only their own interests. Thus, there is a United Nations Convention Against Corruption which never needs to explicitly define corruption, though it identifies it as involving a constellation of crimes that include bribery, embezzlement, influence peddling, illicit enrichment, etc. There can be value in analyzing knowledge systems in terms of all the above. Other senses of the metaphor. When a knowledge system importantly loses integrity, ceasing to provide the kind of trusted knowledge expected of it, or even in some cases, when it ceases to establish trust, we can label this epistemic corruption. For example, weaknesses of mathematical models can become entrenched, especially if they are constantly adjusted through curve fitting, as has been claimed about several epidemiologic models of the spread of COVID-19. Or environmental toxicology may systematically lack information about the risks of a large number of industrial and agricultural chemicals because powerful entities can control private science and shape public science and outside the sciences Although many accusations of fake news are wide and the mark, large swaths, both social and traditional media, are genuinely untrustworthy, whether because of interests that shape the creation or the dissemination of news, or because of inherent weaknesses of systems designed to capture audiences' attention. My focus here is on how the pharmaceutical industry corrupts medical science, using its very substantial resources Pharmaceutical companies co-op medical knowledge systems for their particular interests, interests that conflict with the integrity and at least some of the central goals thought to lie behind science or medicine. It would seem that the body of medical science is corrupted because some assumed purity, though purity is always notional, has been affected by contact with outside interests. Pharmaceutical industry affects medical research. For the past 25 years, researchers have been studying the effects of industry funding, most often from pharmaceutical companies on medical science. One typical protocol compares outcomes in industry funded and other clinical trials in some therapeutic area or for some class of drugs or medical devices. Working either from researches of the published literature or for some other samples such as conference abstracts most reports and clinical trials declare source of the funding, so analysts can often cleanly divide publications and make comparisons. In addition, clinical trials within areas often have enough uniformity that a meta-analysis can sometimes be done. Since the mid-1990s, there have been hundreds of published studies of industry influence, comparing many thousands of clinical trials across all domains of medicine. The researchers designing and following these protocols often frame them as analogous to medical studies, with industry funding being the intervention and the integrity and stability of the body of medical research being the outcome. A 2017 Cochrane Review provides a meta-analysis of such studies of industry funding in which 75 studies comparing more than 8,000 trials met inclusion criteria in all its dimensions, the 2017 
meta-analysis arrives at the same or similar results as had earlier quantitative qualitative reviews. In the meta-analysis, industry funding had a risk ratio of 1.27, a producing favorable efficacy results, and 1.34, a drawing favorable overall conclusions. Since there is no reason to think that non-industry funding skews results in any consistent direction, one can only conclude that industry funding biases the outcomes of clinical trials. Put simply, if a pharmaceutical company funds a trial, the chances of results and conclusions in that company's favor are increased. However, in the study, industry and non-industry research did not defer on such standard methodological quality concerns as sequence generation, allocation concealment, follow-up, or selective outcome reporting in industry-sponsored studies, even at better blinding procedures. The authors of the Cochrane Review conclude, our analysis suggests the existence of an industry bias that cannot be explained by standard risk of bias assessments. When pharmaceutical and other companies sponsor research, there is a bias, a systematic tendency toward results serving their interests. But the bias is not seen in the formal factors routinely associated with low quality science. The implication is that industry funding itself should be considered a standard risk of bias factor in clinical trials, one that is quantifiable and even quantifiable and pushes in predictable directions. Industry funding affects the results of clinical trials. But funding is rarely just funding. The Conklin Review I have just described shows that the pharmaceutical industry corruption of medical science doesn't happen through the mechanisms currently assessed by typical formal methodological measures. Funding itself corrupts medical science, but this does not mean that it is mysterious. The most common way of understanding corruption through funding is in terms of conflict of interest. Perhaps funding and payments to researchers create conflicts of interest, which for conscious or unconscious reasons affect their actions, their judgments, and their conclusions. As a result, these conflicted researchers become more likely to report outcomes friendly to their funders. However, something else is at play here as well, and it is this that I want to illustrate below. There is abundance of evidence that conflicts of interest are important in many domains, including across medicine. For example, financial conflicts on committees producing clinical practice guidelines tend to produce assessments of evidence and recommendations that favor the companies and industries involved. In terms of medical practice, a recent systematic review shows that payments to physicians influence prescribing. The broad issue of conflict of interest is important enough that the United States Institute of Medicine issued a detailed report on it overwhelmingly about how financial conflicts involving industry affects researchers and physicians' judgment. Despite such evidence, a focus on conflict of interest hides how pharmaceutical companies influence published results and outcomes. Funding is rarely just funding. Most pharmaceutical company-sponsored clinical trials are designed, organized, and audited, analyzed, and written up by the companies and their hired subcontractors. This is all work that happens behind the scenes, obscured by the form of academic publication. Thus, much of the corruption can happen through more substantive medical choices and through structures of influence and control as I described below.
Roughly 70-75% of the industry's expenditures on clinical trials go to contract research organizations or CROs rather than independent researchers in the form of grants. CROs together have revenues estimated to be approximately $50 billion in 2020, most of it coming from pharmaceutical and industrial clinical trials. As a result, in the comparison of industry-sponsored and independent research, in most cases, the sponsorship involves direct control over the research. Even when it appears that industry-sponsored trials are led by academic or other actors and that their subjects are recruited via independent clinics, hospitals, and academics, medical centers, it is most likely that at a higher level they are run by CROs, working for pharmaceutical companies and analyzed by company statisticians and others. Manuscripts are most likely drafted by ghostwriters on structures created by publication planners and that cheap herded through the publication by these planners with limited opportunities for their academic and other independent authors to contribute. The published articles then are largely creations of the companies, even if the nominal authors include independent research. All of this constitutes the ghost management of medical research. The ghost management of trials affords many opportunities to intervene on individual publications and to affect the published record, producing the effects of industry-sponsored ship. I described above. I list some significant categories for each of which I provide an example or evidence. Companies can design studies that are likely to produce favorable results, making careful choices of comparators, doses, experimental populations, surrogate endpoints, trial durations, and definitions. For example, in Merck's testing of its COX-2 inhibitor, Rofuscobic, it used most of these techniques to improve one or another of its published trials. B. Given the ghost management of industry-funded research, funding almost certainly affects the interpretation of data and the writing of articles. C. Sometimes the corruption goes so far as to count as scientific misconduct. D. Industry trials with positive results are overrepresented in the research by medical journals. E. Industry trials are more cited than are non-industry trials. The pharmaceutical industry corrupts medical science and the medical literature through these mechanisms and many more. Discussion the body of medical science. While it initially seems likely that medical science is corrupted by medical researchers' conflict of interest, that picture doesn't capture at least some of what is going on. Instead, pharmaceutical companies create their own research and its own way of disseminating that research, relying on structures and traditions of medical science to legitimate their work. While we could talk of companies as having conflicts of interest, it is more natural to talk to them as acting on in their own interests. Corruption in Healthcare and Medicine Corruption in healthcare in medicine, why should physicians and bioethicists care and what should they do? By Subrata Chato Padhai. Introduction. Corruption is, to say the least, a complex phenomena and a difficult problem. It is complex because of its deep roots in the social, cultural, economic, political, legal, and ethical value systems of individuals, communities, cultures, and countries. 
it is a difficult problem because it defies easy answers and resists any single track copy lock model of solutions. There is a period in the not so distant past when corruption was considered at best merely an issue of development and at worst a socioeconomic issue beyond the world of scientific medicine. In the recent past, however, corruption in the health sector has raised serious concern and reached received global attention among researchers and policymakers. In October 2003, the UN General Assembly adopted the United Nations Convention Against Corruption, which came into force in 2005. Other UN agencies have also undertaken anti-corruption measures in health. For example, the Good Governance for Medicine program launched as part of the World Health Organization Medicine Strategy 2004-2007 will incorporate corruption as a priority issue. Further, having recognized the relationship between child mortality and corruption, the United Nations Children's Fund linked its promotion of child rights to good governance, undermining the moral vision and mobility of the art of healing. Corruption is arguably the most serious ethical crisis in medicine today. Thus, understanding corruption, its varied nature, and its adverse effects on health outcomes is absolutely necessary for the healthcare professionals in the 21st century, not only to steer clear of fraud, but also to devise effective strategies to tackle the menace and safeguard the moral vision of medicine. What is corruption? Corruption has been defined as abuse of public office for private gain. What are the forms of corruption in healthcare and medicine? The problem of corruption in healthcare is a multidimensional nature. Corruption may be involved, for example, in the construction of healthcare centers, hospitals, purchase of instruments, supply of medicines and goods, and overbilling and insurance claims, and even appointment at Medicare professionals. Another aspect of the problem is the involvement of multiple parties, for example, policymakers, ministers, economists, engineers, contractors, suppliers, and doctors. All this may give rise to innumerable clandestine transactions of the corrupt nature among various stakeholders. Forms of corruption in healthcare and medicine may include, but not be limited to the following, bribes and kickbacks, theft and embezzlement, intentional damage to public goods or private gain, absenteeism, informal payments, use of human subjects for financial gain, institutionalized potential corruption. Case studies, windows into how corruption affects health sector. Published reports on exploitation of human subjects in clinical trials and the scam in the National Rural Health Mission, NRHM, in Uttar Pradesh, India, gives us a window into how unethical and corrupt practices can mar clinical research and public health programs, turning them quite literally, literally into killing fields. If you would disagree that clinical trials hold the promise of making a positive difference in the lives of people, or there is no room for such a pleasant illusion in the face of the unethical and corrupt practices in health research, nearly 2,900 people died in India during clinical trials of drugs conducted by various pharmaceutical companies from 2005 to 2012, and compensation was paid in only 45 cases. This news came after 
earlier news report that victims of the 1884 Walpole gas tragedy were also enrolled without their knowledge or consent in clinical trials sponsored by certain pharmaceutical companies. Further, as revealed in 2004, 49 babies had died during clinical trials for new drugs at the All India Institute of Medical Sciences, India's premier medical institution over a period of two and a half years. Perhaps this is the price for putting economics before ethics. I don't know. National Rural Health Mission, Uttar Pradesh. In 2005, India launched a centrally funded countrywide health program. In order to revamp rural health, the government of India allocated the state of Uttar Pradesh, which can rival sub-Saharan Africa in terms of infant mortality and child malnutrition, the largest summit of all states, to improve the abysmal status of its health services. What went wrong in this state? According to reports of India's Comptroller and Auditor General, Health Mission failed to fulfill its mandate and was responsible for unaccountable loss of the total number. In the case of the NRHM, it was organized looting of government funds. According to the Central Bureau of Investigation, or CBI, large-scale bungling took place in implementation of NRHM. How did people suffer? NRHM was beset by corruption. Sub Badhadara Karashi developed cataract in her right eye four years ago. In the past one year, visibility in her left eye has also faded. If the 75 year old doesn't receive medical attention soon, she will go completely blind. She has two sons, both married, who barely make a living from the 2.5 bigas of land they own in Rapur village, 10 kilometers away from Lucknow. The yield for this land holding is just enough to save the family from starvation, but no money to buy even basic necessities of everyday life. She can't dream of an eye operation, something that would cost more than 15,000 RS. But if you go by official records, Subdara has already been operated upon and cured. Pretty interesting, huh? Scores of rupees were spent in the construction of non-existent healthcare facilities and on the acquisition of goods and services which never reached the intended beneficiaries. This scam not only perpetrated or perpetuated ill health and suffering among the rural poor, but also cost six lives. Among the six lives, six persons who died are top-ranking medical officers murdered presumably as part of a cover-up operation to hush up wrongdoing. Medical corruption, why should physicians and bioethicists care? There are a number of good reasons why physicians and bioethicists should care about corruption. Discuss the problems that corruption creates and perpetuates in healthcare medicine. Explore possible remedial measures to tackle the menace and take a stand against unethical and corrupt practices in the health sector. 
The first is to put simply, corruption kills. The difference between life and death and good health and suffering is often determined by corruption. No surprise, not surprisingly, the poor suffer the most. Three of the UN's eight millennium development goals, which are intended to reduce poverty by half by 2015, relate directly to health, reducing child mortality, improving maternal health, and combating HIV and AIDS, malaria, and other diseases. Corruption in the healthcare system has been revealed as one of the factors responsible for the failure to fulfill these goals by the target date. Corruption also exacerbates the harm caused by natural disasters. For example, the death toll in the earthquake in Haiti was directly related to corruption. Buildings certified as earthquake resistant had not been constructed properly because the system was plagued by corruption and thus there was a lack of oversight. The physicians are really opposed to serving the machinery of death, oiled by corrupt practices in medicine. They need to address the issue, discuss it, and take a stand against it. The second is that corruption fosters ill health and prolongs suffering. Thirdly, corruption undermines the patient's trust in the physician's and healthcare delivery system. And fourth, is that corruption destroys the moral vision of medicine. Ethics lies at the heart of medicine. It is difficult to imagine a good but corrupt physician. Towards a new beginning, what should physicians and bioethicists do to tackle the menace of corruption? Corruption in the health sector is not just an issue of development or a legal issue pertaining to fraud and abuse, but also an issue concerning ethics. A number of anti-corruption measures that could provide a starting point are outlined below. 1. Zero tolerance for unethical and corrupt practices in health. 2. Wholehearted support for anti-corruption measures. 3. Protection of whistleblowers, four, legislation, five, education. And conclusion, it is time to acknowledge that corruption in healthcare entails crimes against humanity. There is no room for complacency. History will not forgive physicians and bioethicists. They fail in their moral duty to safeguard the cause of ethics in medicine when it is necessary. This concludes my reading of corruption in medicine and medical research. I uh, cut out a lot. There's a lot more information in this chapter than what I was able to read. Um, it would have taken me probably another hour to read it all. Um, and most of my readers or listeners would have probably had their ears bleed by before I finished. So, um, as always, you can find it in my, pod, my blog, common-sense-in-america.com, or simply you can buy my book. And it's the chapters right there, and you can read it at your leisure. You have a great day. Until we meet again, take care.